So hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who who do I have with me here? Oh, uh, it's Paranoid Coder. What's up, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, you know, enjoying this free water, all that stuff. Free water. Free water. Free. Yeah. Free water. Free water. <laughs> were, were you gonna say what Joseph Urban says, yeah. and you're like, wait a minute, not in the first minute of the podcast? I had to finally unfollow him. He's so great, but it's. He speaks about free water so much that it's like drilled into me forever. <laughs> as soon as someone says it, it's just like, oh. Oh, man. Well, it's it, it's good to drink free water. That's good. Water's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, my favorite drink, personally. Yeah, I drink it all day. Yeah, you staying hydrated? I am, actually. I was on a kick for a while. It actually took me like months to like, get myself to actually drink an adequate amount of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. I found that like the more I drink water, the more I crave it for sure. Same here. Your body yeah. gets like used to being hydrated. It gets you have addictive. No idea. Yeah, yeah. I when when I got off my diet recently, because like when you're on keto, you have to just keep your fluids up. But then when I got yeah. off, I'm like, I'm drinking about the same amount of water because I've been used to drinking a lot of water for the past yeah. four or five months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. By the way, this is water chat now. Everyone, water we just chat. officially changed it. So <laughs> yeah, but no, for real, this is this is not water chat. This is mod chat. The podcast slash live stream well podcast first i guess that is live streamed originally and then you know it's put out and syndicated as a proper mp3 in the proper places but this is a live stream that myself and devin otherwise known as paranoid coder host on here and we talk about several topics monthly that are happening in the modding scene so kind of our news recap opinion whatever it is and we hope you enjoy it now if you're checking this out when it has already been done uh this is normally something that we do live. So again, we do it live about once a month. If you want to join in, we do it about in the middle of the month. And um, it's on my channel, Mr. Mario 2011. But if you can't make it out, it's all good. Check out the MP3 at all the proper places, pretty much anywhere on your favorite podcast app. And check it out on the channel here as well. Good plug? Pretty much. All right. Awesome. So what what stuff do, do we have here that we're going to be going over? We joke about water chat, but of course, we're most well-known for being Nintendo chat. Yeah, so we're talking true. about some Switch. Some Switch stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. I think you're underplaying it, man. Oh, I mean, I, I, you got to like, <laughs> something's got to give when you talk about Nintendo this much every single pod. I understand. Seconds. And it's not our fault either. No. It just, it keeps happening. It's juicy stuff. It is juicy stuff. Yeah. And first of all, this has not been officially outed yet, but we do have a uh, a new update that is on the horizon. Yeah, it's which is funny because the OS name is called Horizon. Oh gosh, yeah. I didn't even. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> Go home. Oh man, I try. Yeah, I try. right. It's, okay. Anyways, so it is pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So uh, if you were following Nintendo Switch stuff at all, you probably heard about it, but. The 6.0 firmware, or at least a development copy, has been leaked. Uh, basically, it was Absolutely. available on the CDN, I, I think, right? And people were able to go grab it who was, you know, have the tools to do so. Yes, yeah. Uh, so we kind of got a uh, preview of that, and there was a lot of rumors that kind of came out early on, which I found pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of just, like, unfounded rumors, you mean, yeah. like the ones we were seeing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you had followed, like, the beginning of that, there was, I can't remember if it was a tweet or a Reddit post, but basically... Maybe it was a screenshot, even. I think, I think it was a screenshot from Discord yeah. on a tweet. Yes. That then made it onto Reddit. Yes. So you're correct in, like, just all the pieces <laughs> are there. Yeah, no, it was pretty ridiculous, but it had a lot of rumors that basically uh, NSP loading was going to, like, be broken. A lot of homebrew was going to be broken, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it seems like none of that is actually true. That's true. So far. So if you're worried about breaking a whole lot of the uh, hacks that we have out there, you know, SX, OS, or anything like that, I don't think we're going to have to worry about too much of that at the moment. No, I don't think so. 
Um, yeah, and it's actually even said here by Hex Keys. Yeah, the rumor of this being a homebrew breaking update were absolutely false, and there are no traces of an active NSP XCI detection system. Additionally, the game card firmware was not updated either. No card three or whatever. Nonetheless, caution is advised for those wishing to update. Yeah, yeah. On here, do you want to cover what at least changed? What we have confirmed? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, so. There's a new fuse, a new key blob index, which means there's new keys that, you know, or could be discovered in mm-hmm. the future. Uh, so another fuse is going to be burned, I guess, is, is, is what this means. Yep. Is dead. Uh, yep. Uh, there's a new sys module that's basically for the save data stuff, the cloud backup that we're going to see probably in the 6.0 update, uh, which should be coming out in the near future considering. Probably. I mean, yeah, because Nintendo Online's coming out on the 18th, right? Uh, is that the exact date? I'm not really sure. I think September it's, it's, 18th. I th- yeah, I and it's the 12th right now. Yeah, so. mid-late September is what I remember. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be soon. So... Uh, we do have evidence of that, which is good. Uh, so that's going to be on the way, hopefully, when 6.0 drops. Uh, there's more uh, telemetry, which basically means that they're going to be sending more information over. Uh, it Better says, get that GDPR shit ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> New error report entries for tracking PCIe devices and connection test URL detect- or redirection. So PCIe devices, that would be like some of the hardware yeah. that's in there. I was almost wondering if they're looking for like emulation of some kind or... Perhaps wouldn't like surprise me. Some kind of modded console or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. It seems like they're actually kind of getting ahead of the curve there. Just a bit, maybe, uh, possibly. You know, I have no idea if some of the mod chips that we've seen that have come out, the internal mod chips, would fall under that. But I don't think so. I don't um, believe so. I, I, you know, I have no. I don't know for sure, but. Um, it looks like they're trying to look for actual modded hardware of some kind because I think em- even emulation could solve that if done correct. Uh, I would say so. So, I, I don't know. But it's pretty interesting. They're really cracking down. We've seen them do a lot of uh, really preemptive stuff for the Switch, and so it's not stopping with software. It's even going into the hardware realm. Mm-hmm. Um, this inter- introduced the concept of uh, e-licenses in uh, Nintendo's online service, I'm guessing. NIM, do you know what that means? Uh, I couldn't in- actually figure that I out. I don't, actually. Yeah, maybe someone in the comments would be able to... Yeah. Assist, uh, but yeah, it says paid online, <laughs> so I'm guessing it has something to do with uh, Nintendo's online mm-hmm. uh, functionality, especially with it being an e-license. Uh, new domain for online air collection, Dragons. Dragons. Uh, that's an interesting thing. If you know, I'm not really sure what that relates to specifically. Uh, new domain. Is that like a, a dot .dragons URL? I, I would assume so, yes. Or something like that. Yeah, based on that. Interesting. Uh, but small Mariko-related changes. Uh, Max 77812D RAM is a thing now, so we're going to see some kind of new RAM perhaps yep. that uh, would support it. Uh, this firmware would support, uh, which I don't think we've seen any Mariko. Mariko? How would you say that? Mariko, I guess. Mariko. Yeah, that's how I would say it. Uh, we haven't seen any Mariko in the wild, right? We've only just... No, the, the new switches, the ones with the new eye patches right. that we talked about last right. episode, um, those are not Mariko. Right, boards, I didn't think But so. they are new revisions. But we've heard about have... them for like several months now. Yes, yes we have, because we've uh, they've been scraping it out of the firmware updates. That's, yeah, that's interesting. So they're really yeah. gearing up for that. I imagine that is probably going to be a lockdown console at this point. I guess we'll see, yeah, because yeah. apparently like the new eye-patched switches seem to be... Um, well, there's... Uh, warm boots work on them, but not cold boots, of course. So right, yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's pretty much it for the update. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to go off. Of I'm that, good really. on that. I guess we'll just. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to come out right before or the day that Nintendo Online comes out. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. So within a week, we can we can expect that. I'm sure. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting. So I'm sure we'll talk about it on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. For sure. And speaking of Nintendo cracking down more on the Switch. Yes. So there has been essentially now you have full CDN bans on the system. So we had discussed this before. But as you remember, with uh, if your Switch got banned for playing homebrew or pirated content, what have you, uh, you couldn't access the eShop itself. You couldn't play online. However, you could still download game updates. You could still purchase games for your account on like Nintendo's actual website, and they would download to your system. And you could also download your titles and such through external downloaders, like EX Shop and all that other stuff. Uh, now it seems that it is a full ban. So to my understanding on that, you can't play online, you can't uh, access the eShop, of course, but you can't download updates or any of that stuff either. So they're just saying, we don't want you on the network at all. Right. Yeah. Which that's not... I mean, the fact that people were able to download updates and all that stuff before—that was the oddity. Like, I normally see full—I normally see full bans like this on other systems. So, I would yeah. say that Nintendo is now doing the normal thing, and yeah. what they were doing before was not normal at all. Now, I hadn't actually kept up with this, but I didn't even think it lasted that long. I saw some comments like 18 days or 16 days or something like oh, that. Oh, you're talking about the—I uh, the, ended up linking this, but you're talking about like the public—the um, public cert. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess that was more for, uh, what is it? That was for checking uh, the new firmware versions and all Uh, that because they were needing that. Yeah, I know I ended up at least on here. I didn't show it on screen because it's essentially turned into a completely different thread. But yeah, uh, I wanted to focus more on the actual full CDN ban itself. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's it's amazing that this kind of thing could be done in the first place at all. Uh, So yeah, I'm not terribly surprised. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Nintendo is not slowing down. It's pretty surprising that they're actually keeping up with a lot of this stuff. Yep. They're moving really fast, and uh, I would not expect them to slow down anytime soon. Same. Yeah. Now, speaking, I actually, I'm going to move this up a little bit because I want to, I don't know if you got the update yeah, on here. sure. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about this, but speaking of bands and such, uh, Devin, you and I have been talking about this, as well as uh, I'll even shout out here, MVG, like we've all been in chats talking about this here, but speaking of bands, not so much on the Switch, but kind of Switch and modding related. Yes, definitely. The past, I would say, 48 hours, there's been SXOS videos that have been getting struck off YouTube by Nintendo. Now, do you think it, are you sure it's only been like the last 48 hours? That's at least what I've observed. Yeah. I didn't notice it until last night or the night, like when I first messaged you all. Right. I think it was actually, it was probably, no, it was last night that I had noticed. And then it was today I was seeing more reports of it. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, let me even see here at least. I'll kind of bring this up if I can. Maybe there we go. So in regards to this, at least. I guess for once I'm actually citing myself, which I had joked about this before. <laughs> but no, right. on here, I end up finding this. This was, uh, yeah, yesterday at about 11 a.m. I was saying, yeah, just found this now, but looks like a SXOS review by Dark Flare got struck down. So Dark Flare Games on YouTube, he was, he was the first person I noticed at least. And if you ended up like, this is the screenshot there, but if you click on that video, it was a SXOS review. 
And it says that that video is no longer available due to a copyright claim by Nintendo. It straight up says that right there. And this has been odd to me, not because I wasn't expecting this to happen. I was honestly expecting something like this to occur. Sure. But historically, things like this would either get a community guideline strike, which is what I had dealt with before, right. with 3DS flashcard-related stuff years ago, uh, or they would get uh, a copyright strike from the Belgian Anti-Piracy Federation, because BAF, or the Belgian Anti-Piracy Federation, they were the ones who would act on Nintendo's behalf to do all of that. This is straight up Nintendo. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um I don't know if it's better or worse necessarily. It's just a, definitely a weird observation. I, I guess they're straight up putting their name on there. Yeah. So you see, they're not fucking around. It is Nintendo who is taking that stuff down. I'll even um, put this up here as well, too. But I know XEX Solutions, he had posted about this. Let me see. Because uh, he was the other person. I spoke with him a little bit in regards to this here. But he also has a screenshot, which I will zoom in on there. But he had, yeah, set up and install SX Pro on Nintendo Switch. Reason, copyright takedown request removed by Nintendo on September 11th. Right. Yeah. Now, there is still quite a lot of SXOS-related content on YouTube. So if you, th- this isn't saying that all of it is banned off of there. And they've been very selective about it, too. Um, I think Tech James was the other person I found who had his SXOS video taken down. But I've at least noticed on all these channels that have had their stuff taken down, it's it's been like a general review or a general install video. It's only one video. So to me, that's kind of showing they're testing the waters and they're trying to warn people. And I would not be surprised at all if in the next few weeks or the upcoming months, that like we'll see just entire channels get taken down where maybe some of these channels again this is in my opinion more serving as a warning of hey we don't like what you're doing here with sxos we're going to take this video down do do you get the message right and maybe in like a couple months nintendo will come back be all like they're still uploading sxos stuff so we're going to put in a copyright dispute or a copyright claim for every single sxos video well and I guess you mentioned this as a warning. You know, I think most people know this, but if you get three videos taken down for strikes, you're done for, right? Your channel is gone. I mean, yeah. it happened all at once, right? Yes. So this could be them actually, like you said, playing nice a little bit. Like, we're yeah. not going to screw over everyone or we're not going to ruin people's entire channels all at once. Yeah. So. I am I am personally, because I've, I mean, the experience I've had with this has been, it was directly through YouTube and it was their community guidelines stuff. And I remember it was, it was very specific things. Like my first strike, I had three videos removed and they were all 3DS flashcard related. My right. second strike, I had one video removed and it was a downgrade video using a flashcard. So that was happening. And I remember even... Um, but they didn't take down any of the homebrew related stuff, like the true related homebrew stuff. And this is again through YouTube. But I feel like I feel like there was a Nintendo push there, but I can't prove that. Right. Either way, though, a uh, friend of the show, Modbot or Dopesoner930, he ended up uh, getting some strikes a few months after I dealt with all this stuff. I know other people who dealt with strikes with the Gateway 3DS stuff as well. And with Dopesoner, it wasn't necessarily Gateway. It was just it was 3DS flashcard demos that were it it was ds flashcards that were being shown on the 3ds and those things got taken down so to me it was very clear that it was 3ds and flashcard that were flagging that whole thing um so my warning to content creators i'm just gonna say i'm not trying to 
put this out like trying to get competition out there because look at my channel i don't do any sxos related content right. anytime i mention sxos <laughs> it's on here and it's newsworthy i'm not doing tutorials i'm not doing right. demos i'm not doing any of that so i don't have any reason to boot other people or like open up the competition for myself but i'm just saying if you're a content creator you're working on that stuff this is a warning i'm telling you all i would recommend taking the videos off your channel the sxos ones if you don't want to get in trouble that's going to be my recommendation. If you want to take it or leave it, that's totally up to you. I agree. It's probably just a matter of time at this point. Yeah. I mean, this more blatant uh, copyright takedown combined with just their general attitude towards the Switch, uh, you know, I don't think it's worth even the risk, mm -hmm. uh, especially with how serious and how quickly a channel can get taken down. Mm -hmm. um, so I would agree. You definitely have been around for a while and you experienced it because I think you got two strikes too. I did. So yes. that's really, that's close right there. And that's yeah. not that much content, right? Two videos is nothing yeah. to get your whole entire well, channel. Well, four down. videos because the first strike, they, it was generous. The first strike, they took down three videos. Wow. Yeah. Because sometimes they can include multiple videos. In okay. There. Interesting. But still, yeah, it's yeah. possible that you could... Depending on how it plays out, you could be knocked out very quickly yep. before you even know it. So. Yeah, I also wanted to say as well, too, uh, Dark Flare actually just got back with me because I followed him on Twitter. I DM'd him earlier today. He literally, one minute ago, he just ended up DMing <laughs> me back. And I was asking about this now. He was saying, yeah, I didn't see the message request until now. It was by the bath, a bath and a three-month strike. And looking at it, he ended up showing me a screenshot here. The claimant is Nintendo. But the actual, um, the actual email is a BAF-related email. It says it was manually detected and the video was taken down from that. And that was on uh, the 10th. Is that the Belgian anti-piracy yes. group? Yes. Interesting. So it seems like they are they're still acting on Nintendo's behalf, but now they're putting Nintendo. They're not wow. saying it's been taken down by BAF. That's very interesting. Yeah. So same exact people behind it, but just same team at least. Yeah, because I because that's who Nintendo would go through. Right. Yeah. Which, as a content creator, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is kind of weird, but I think I would prefer that if I am going to get a strike uh, or a copyright claim, I would prefer it to come from Nintendo if it was instead of like being kind of like confusing. <laughs> Especially if you didn't know, right? This Belgian anti-piracy group. It's just like who is this, and you have to like look into it. Of course. Uh, so it actually saying Nintendo. I don't know. I think I would kind of prefer that. Well, it is kind of spooky. It is yeah. spooky. Yeah. But. And by the way, I know this was several minutes ago, but I was really getting into this topic here. But I just want to say, uh, Brennan, thank you so much for the $2 donation. He yes. said, cheers to both of you. Have a good stream. Yeah. I saw that come in, and I was like, by the time I saw it, I was like, it's too you, late. I have to go through SXOS stuff before yeah, I mention it. You were, uh, you were in the middle of something, too. I was. Yeah, I, I, I was. noticed that, and I apologize for not grabbing it. But yeah. No. yes, much appreciated. It's awesome. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Anyways, that's my spiel on it all. That's my spiel, so. Good luck, everyone. Please be safe. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm telling people. Be responsible. So, hey. With your content. <laughs> um, yeah, in general, I mean, you even mentioned quite a while ago that you were planning on not doing content at all. Yep, because I knew that something like this, well, because it, it was dual-sided. One of them was I was like, yeah, I don't really want to support the product outright like this. And at the same time, I know some shit like this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> wise, wise words from Mr. Mario. I try. experience. All right. Well, shall we move on to other, I guess, SX related things? Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about SX itself. Yeah. We're going to like uh, bring a little bit more positivity into this. Um, so with 
update 1.6 which is not the current update it is not by any means but we'll, we'll talk about that right I guess. <laughs> introduced with update 1.6 uh they introduced a couple of things but their kind of main headline feature was this stealth mode that was stealth pretty mode now uh essentially uh it was enabled by default basically they're advocating use this if at all possible do not enable it unless your account is already banned and we still don't know why you would enable it or mm-hmm. disable it <laughs> but yeah anyways uh it essentially i guess prevents a lot of the like uh telemetry from being able to be sent over i'm guessing it either blocks ports or just blocks those uh sys modules or whatever mm-hmm. from running i believe what i had seen externally from this article here was that it redirects pretty much all that traffic just to a whole of local host Gotcha. So it just goes nowhere. Maybe like the DNS or something like that of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. Uh, I don't know if anything else. I'm sure something is available in the homebrew scene, but do you know of anything else that like this might have like been ripped off from or has been replaced by? I don't know of that. I know people were pretty easy to guess and kind of show what it was, where it was that local host type thing. One thing I found interesting. This is more the chatter that I saw on Twitter. But many people were actually theorizing that this could actually still get you banned. Because the thing is, it's sending all of your Nintendo telemetry down a localhost hole. But at the same time, you then have to realize Nintendo can look at it and be like, wait, so since the last time you connected, you played this system for 120 hours and you've logged nothing on the back end? That's spooky. We're going to ban you because that's not supposed to happen ever. True. Yeah. Just your lack of telemetry. Exactly. Well, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> but I wonder what happens with the console. Maybe, maybe someone knows. Maybe it's hard to figure out. But you know, I wonder if the console like backs up a log of telemetry. So like, when you're offline, does it like no, back that up and reconnect and oh, send it yes. off? Oh yes, no that that it, it does do that. It yes. does. It does. Yes. Okay. Yep. That is how people, if they were staying offline in airplane mode and they were getting crashes of homebrew when they connected back online, soon after that they would get banned. Right. Because it just sends that airlog back over. It's yep. easy enough to do. It probably, you know, takes up hardly any data. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's probably not foolproof, uh, but it no. is pretty interesting. They got, like, one more thing that they actually made themselves, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They're saying here they added support for 32 gig XCI files and... I mean, that's really about it. That's what's going to be mentioned on there. Yeah, So, which apparently is mainly Dragon Her- uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 right now. They're making these big-ass games. Yes. Yeah. Big-ass games. These big-ass games. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, Devin, why, why is it that 1.6 is what we talked about, and 1.9 is now the new... The new hotness well, it, in SXOS world. To be honest, I forgot what happened in each update. We'll have to <laughs> in short, in, in one week, there was like three updates. Yeah. What? There, like there was... A lot of stuff broke, and then there was another update where like other I, stuff was broke. I think what happened, if, if I remember correctly, and I'm just going to have to... <laughs> I, I, I know I'm theorizing a little bit here, but I'm just looking at this on my end. But as I remember, 1.7 added let's see here yeah 1.7 added 6.0 firmware compatibility but it didn't work properly so then 1.8 was supposed to fix that and apparently it still had some issues with like the web apps just not as many issues yeah and then 1.9 ended up coming out and at that point 
Executor was just like, you know what? We've asked people to update this shit like three times in a week. You know what? We're adding auto update on here. Yep. So now you don't have to take your SD card out of your Switch, pop it in, transfer over the boot file. It's pretty impressive. So there's like an OTA system built into the menu. I haven't tested this out myself, but I guess it just uses the Wi-Fi connection based off of the configuration that you already have in your Switch. Uh, so, uh, or is this an NSP file that you install? Do you know how the auto updater works? No, the auto updater it's built into SXOS. That's what I thought. It's built into like that bootloader yes. thing. Yeah. Right. So it just uses the Wi-Fi connection that's set up on your OS. Yeah. Which is yeah. pretty cool. So it's actually tapping into the running OS in the bootloader. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually kind of nifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's clean. It works out on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I I think I think they really could have avoided all, all the necessary burns here, and they could have just gotten their 6.0 it's not retail yet it's not even out yet like fully so it took them three updates to get here they say complete version 6.0 firmware support took them three updates to do that what they should have done is they should have started working on their 6.0 firmware support they should have been testing it a lot you know from 1.6 and if anybody if any of the advanced users updated to 6.0 early they'll be all like you know what like if you want to do it, SXOS isn't supported yet, except for this beta build, whatever, what have you, but that's fine. And then when when 6.0 drops, they end up putting out the SXOS update, Yeah, I, which I, would have hopefully had everything resolved. I don't quite understand it either, because you could easily have a separate branch with the 6.0 changes, right? It's not that difficult, like the way it's the source code... Uh, version control management now it's very easy to maintain multiple branches and stuff like that and That's backport true. features across both branches it's not that difficult no. especially with how little uh, changes were necessary for the 6.0 update it wasn't what? quite the game changer that was rumored mm-hmm. so it yeah it baffles me and it just I don't know like Part of, me, part of me applauds them for, like, updating it quickly enough, but part of me is, like, why would you even have to do that in the first place? They didn't up... It, it, Devin, they, they didn't do a graceful update. No. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good that they have the OTA thing in their general. I guess if this is what was required for them to <laughs> get yeah, that in. I guess in. so. I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool. But, yeah, I don't know. It was a little bit ridiculous. Uh, so it showed kind of a lack of professionalism for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, with the, we've talked about the issues with Team Executor with all this. Uh, they're shown that they've kind of ripped off some open source projects they've done some nefarious things but in general it seems like a, a pretty like easy to use product mm-hmm. and this is like wow okay my respect goes down mm-hmm. i guess not respect that's a hard word to use for them right put some respect on my name right put some respect. i'm tired of you i was just like not, not putting ah, any respect on my name you're not even doing the one thing that you should be doing really well well right yeah but anyways but anyways, I, I did want to say, uh, let's see, one person was asking, so 6.0.0, did it kill jail, jailbreaking? It did not. It did not kill, like, modding the Switch at all. No. It's just, it brought in a bunch of changes. People had to get their cha- their, their own apps and custom firmwares right. updated. That's all. It didn't kill it. Uh, and then Nick said, we are the testers. I, I agree with that. <laughs> the general public is the testers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> anyways uh moving on a bit uh yusu 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 is pretty interesting so we talked about that a few times already we have yeah uh, yusu is one of the two switch emulators i believe right one of the switch emulators being exclusively for homebrew as mm-hmm. far as i know unless you're talking about a different one well no you're uh, talking about the reswitched one or 
No, I'm not talking about that one. Either way, user. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't want to muddy the waters on here oh, too much. We, My bad. Do we already talk about the other one on the podcast? We have remember. before. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we have. Talk so much information. Yeah. What's uh, going on with Yuzu, Devin? Yuzu uh, is getting some updates, which is pretty interesting. They've made a lot of progress. I, we've Honestly, I think I've avoided putting some of this in the news the last couple um, rounds because it seems like they've gotten better and better. But it's able to install and use game updates right now, yeah, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, and on top of that, I didn't even... I'm not going to try and BS it because I did not read the big update that they put out yesterday, but apparently they've had a ton new advancements on their CPU, GPU cores, all that fun stuff, and wow. things just seem to be going well in user world. Like, we are actually seeing several retail games booting at very at minimum, so... Which is, I mean, it's kind of hilarious because it's like, no, this is still not really a super, super usable emulator for the average person, but it's a lot of progress at a really rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing updates every couple of weeks from them with kind of just screenshots or little video clips of stuff like uh, Super Mario Odyssey working a little bit better. Um, I, on their website, they even have a bunch of screenshots here. I'm guessing what the running games are. And there's some, you know, more... Uh, low-res games like Sonic Mania and Cave uh, Story that look like they are running. Of course. Well. So uh, I'm sure you could find some games, but yeah. Updates is a huge deal, yeah. actually. Especially because, I mean... Oh, yeah. With games, I mean, I don't know. You're running a, a static file with updates. You're actually connecting to the CDN mm-hmm. and downloading those. Hopefully we don't see some kind of a ban somehow on the emulator. Oh, you mean like a takedown or something like that? Yeah, actually, I don't know. Do you know if the updates are actually downloaded from the CDN, or do you install the updates you have, manually? No, you have to handle all that stuff yourself. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, 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 no. This does not facilitate. Like, this is bring your own games, bring your own even, files, bring your own updates. I, hadn't even, I mean, obviously, I thought about the games, but I hadn't thought about the updates, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But that makes total sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's something to worth noting. You have to sideload them yourself. Yep. Okay. Just like any proper emulator. Right. So. I've never messed with, I don't think I've used an emulator that's actually new enough to deal with, like, updates like that. Really? Hmm. What would be the oldest one? I guess, like, Xbox? Maybe. Because PS2 didn't really have over No, and X- Xbox, I guess, yeah, that did have some game updates here and there. Yeah, not many. Um, Wii U, I guess, because I messed with the Wii U emulator a bit, but I did, um, what was it? Um, I just did games. Like, only games, like vanilla 1.0 versions of games. Yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't uh, sideload any of the updates mm. on there. So. Interesting. Yeah, I never really thought about that, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, users getting updates, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. But we'll be coming here as soon as it gets to be, like, extremely stable with a big handful of games. We'll definitely be talking about it. For sure. And I'm sure we'll see that within the next, like, two years or so. Yeah. So I know it's still early into the system's life cycle. So I just find it really funny whenever um, there's some people that might rag on emulators. Like, it happens every single generation. Like, you see a new emulator come out, and people are like, oh, yeah, no, this emulator is horrible. Like, who would even do that? It runs the game at one or two frames a second. It's like, do you not... Hey, like the, you know like the super nintendo or the n64 emulator you have sitting on your flash drive you realize that was a piece of shit at one point right, right. yeah and yeah. in some aspects it still could be i'm kind of more looking at the n64 right but it takes time to do this shit when 64 focuses per game that's why the super popular games play amazingly well and the games that aren't very well known but aren't demanding at all don't run oh, even still my pi 3 like 
Mario Kart doesn't go super no, well. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't play N64 on the on the Pi. But PlayStation <laughs> games. I've played several that actually run really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PlayStation 1 games. So, I don't know. that, But it's it's just, I don't know. N64 emulators are always weird. Right, right. But continuing some development-oriented things. Development-oriented things? Yeah. So, LibNX, which is kind of like an open-source library to yes. access a ton of Nintendo Switch stuff for homebrew development. Uh, basically, it's OpenGL support and hardware acceleration support, which is pretty sweet mm-hmm. for homebrew developers. It is. Um, now, now, Devin, what is the stuff that we could see from this? Well, so hardware acceleration, basically, up until now, everything's running on the CPU. Correct. All the homebrew, uh, which I'm guessing emulators included, uh, surely, right? Surely. I can't, I mean, I don't know how otherwise. Maybe someone can answer in the comments, I don't know. <laughs> but I think all the, because uh, uh, even RetroArch, right, it's running kind of like a, I believe, like a containerized version of Linux. I believe uh, so. I don't see how that would be able to have hardware acceleration necessarily. Um, but basically, hardware acceleration gets you access to the GPU and other bits of the hardware itself instead of just being able to run instructions on the CPU. And obviously, um, consoles, especially ones like this, probably have a much, much, uh, you know, the CPU compared to the GPU is going to be much slower. Mm-hmm. Just like you can build a gaming PC and put a really fat GPU in there. You don't necessarily have to have, like, the highest end CPU. That's true. Uh so game consoles often kind of go that route, too, to cut costs. So uh, there were some demos. I can't remember the developers. I saw a couple developers on Twitter where they were showing off, like, some 3D animations, essentially, just some basic homebrew, but some really, really high-res 3D animations that were, you know, rotating around that had probably 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the shit worked. Yeah. So um, what are we going to see of this? 3D games, maybe some current uh, homebrew that just performs better utilizing so. uh, the faster hardware that we can uh, get access to. Maybe some just different homebrew use accessing hardware functionality that we couldn't get before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, OpenGL, getting access to that, like, I mean, OpenGL runs so many things. It's a very common thing to program for, so it's going to open up some more development. Perfect. Uh, I'm happy to see general. it. Yeah. And Limit LibNX is like pretty standard. It's pretty much what, you know, I believe Reswitched is behind in general, or, mm-hmm. or heavily involved at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, yeah, excellent. New Happy homebrew stuff. <laughs> I don't think I have seen any. There's some examples here, but I don't know if I have seen any like major homebrew that has come out that really utilize it yet. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe we could talk about some stuff uh, next podcast where we can find some. Uh, something cool. Let's hope so. We'll see. For sure. Let me uh, go ahead. I'll grab this one here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see you might know a little bit more about me. Sure. About it than me. Sure. So this is, we're going to be talking about mod chips in regards to the Switch for a little bit. And uh, I, I have a bit of a surprise on here as well, too. But in short, we're going to be discussing at first here. Let me find this uh, Switch Me. So this has been a talked about mod chip for quite a bit. And just going off the uh, going off the GitHub here, I believe this was by two people from Rebug. And here it's saying, in short, um, after wiring the Switch Me, you can access the bootloader by connecting a USB-C cable directly to the Switch. Make sure you have a complaint. Uh, a- yeah, compliant USB-C cable first, though. Um, yeah, uh, compliant cable will have a 56K ohm resistor. That's all about the wiring, though, in short. Really, with the actual 
um, chip itself. This is just going to be a more manufactured, out there, less DIY um, capable chip that you can install in your system and you'll be able to drop payloads regularly from it. You'll be able to do auto RCM essentially without auto RCM on there. Right. Um, not have to deal with the jig, not have to deal with you know a manual payload launcher, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, the main exciting thing about this is again, you know, it's from the Rebug team. Uh, it's been tested quite a bit, thankfully, uh, and also just going to make everything more convenient on it as well too. I know we've seen several. Uh, we've covered them here. We've seen a internal uh, SX Pro install. Yep. We've seen internal Trinket in zero installs so this is something that has been shown specifically for the switch this has been designed for that completely right a custom board um and quite a bit of code here and instructions and information in general yes yeah Um, so it's not going to be for the faint of heart yeah not at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, it is nice though here you know they have a bunch of shout outs to many of the scene uh members at the bottom here cyrasm hex keys network Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So uh, it definitely seems like they're being very community oriented, uh, not just some money grab like the SX absolutely kind of thing uh, <laughs> to be blunt about it. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and just to be clear, this is like the rebug firmware that we heard about, or the rebug chip. This is the rebug chip. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say they don't have we, the firmware, but we I... we uh, we talked about this like maybe two or three several episodes ago yeah. yeah when it was still in development it was like right. just announced so it's pretty neat absolutely uh, i did find i don't know if you want to, the url but there was a picture that i found on their website you did let me see i'm just looking at here we go i end up finding the switch me i just wanted to show a picture of the yeah. install as well too absolutely. yeah this was linked actually on that page there too but kind of shown here, this is a really good thread on GBA Tim, which I keep using for this episode of the podcast. Um, but no, here, as you can see, that is the actual layout of everything. That is the chip right there where right. it's supposed to be set up. And it could be anywhere from four to eight wires, depending on what you're wanting to do. Interesting. I didn't see actually the different wire uh, options. Do you know what the, the differences do? Oh, here we go. I don't know fully off the top of my head, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah, I just know if you want, like, at minimum, you know, like, the payload dropping, what have you, you can have that. But then if you want, you know, the, essentially the auto RCM without actually doing auto RCM, you can do the full wire install. Right, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't read that part, but it's pretty cool. It is. It is. Something that, like, if I had enough free time, I would totally experiment with. I think it would be pretty sweet. So you're saying you're not going to experiment with it? Not, I don't know. Okay. I'd love to find the time. Because this is going to be something special. We oh, ended up man. receiving a package from one of the people who was in here. It's actually a big shout out to X41. Yes. Uh, he ended up hitting me up a while ago because he was working on his own mod chip as well, too. That's right. It is quite similar to this. So I have no he, idea these were here. Yeah, I, I, I didn't tell you. <laughs> On purpose, I didn't tell you. Oh, but man. yeah, no, he was asking if we wanted some. And I was like, if, if you want to, sure. So big shout out and thank you to X41. I told him. I had not opened this yet. I was going to check it out on the podcast here, and he included two, one for me and one for you. So Shout out, because he's right there in the chat, too. Yes. Oh, my God, this thing is small. (laughs) Holy crap. There you go. Check yours out. That is tiny. That is tiny. I wish we had uh, some kind of a ruler or something, because this... Almost seems smaller than the Switch Me. Let me, uh, you know what? Let me, let me get a game card real quick. Yeah, I could do that. Hold on, I'm gonna have to step away. Lily, no, stop going under the table. 
in general. This uh, looks like it's seven or eight wires here. There might be an LED. <laughs> is it a button? Or, no, there's no button. I think it's just an LED that's on one of the pads. Uh, X41 is in the chat right now, and he might be able to shed a little bit of light on it. Did you get any general instructions from him? I didn't yet. I'm going to need to get instructions from him on how to actually but do this. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> are you able to show the chat at all? Did you put it in front of the camera? I'm, go I'm going to try to, yes. I'm going to so, keep this inside here for now. Okay, it's all good. I'll sacrifice mine. Okay. So I, I really you already, like, knee-deep into it. So. Yes, that's true. Okay, so, dude, just, just look at this. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> this is what? How, it's like a micro SD card size, maybe. Pretty. Uh, I think a micro SD card would be smaller. I would say this is maybe. Uh, would that be like a third of the chip, maybe? Like of yeah. the uh, of the game card. Of the game card, yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty intense. Yep. So he's saying here, yeah, I tried to make it as tiny as possible to fit anywhere on the switch. So let me see. I'm gonna. It's really I'm small. I'm gonna try and show <laughs> this on the stream here. All right, let me see. Okay, so I'm showing this. This is my game card. This is the actual chip itself. Let me see. This is showing up. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like, that's... That is essentially all it is. It's tiny. Now, there yes. are... So, it looks like there's seven available pads here. So, up to seven wires to get this thing hooked up. Mm -hmm. uh, I can definitely yeah. believe it. It's incredibly thin as well. So, I don't think you're going to have issues with a bulge or anything like this. Uh, yeah, no button. Yeah. It's an APA 102 RGB LED. Okay, awesome. Just to show the different uh, statuses, so. the cycles, and everything. Hey, Lily. This thing is cool. Seriously. Good job on this, dude. This is awesome. What's up, pod dog? <laughs> yeah, this is very cool. Yeah. Uh, if we can get some instructions wow. on it, and definitely if I get a little bit of free time, I'll, it's going to be super tense. Especially considering we had just talked about our annoyance with the auto rcm stuff yes yeah yeah <laughs> so it is we, we have cool, recommended actually. on the podcast don't do auto rcm what do we do we do auto rcm and then we we, we felt the effects of it our switches are fine yeah. but in short i i thought mine was dead uh, and then i hit you up about it and i was like this is how i fix it and then you had the exact same shit happen yeah i didn't take it off immediately but yeah i went to go uh power on the switch and it didn't turn on the sx logo didn't come up nothing i couldn't get it to boot up normally so i was like okay it's probably just a little dead i haven't used it for a few days mm -hmm. so then i plug it in for like a few minutes went to go use it didn't work nothing happened uh then i charged up the sx with my other switch because i figured maybe it's dead still plugged it in didn't work long story short i charged it for overnight and everything worked at that point mm -hmm. but it's like at that point it's just like uh this is a few too many like attempts here yeah like didn't really sit well with me um, yep. i don't think there was anything wrong also since it's your secondary switch like right. same with me it's like we don't use them on a right. daily basis so absolutely yeah yeah i try to keep it charged up but it happens uh, yeah it definitely happens yeah i was gonna say as well uh kiwi was asking on here shout out kiwi but is it auto rcm2 and i know x41 said yes now x41 you can correct me if i'm wrong on here but uh i believe he was saying that it's pretty much when you wire this up you get you can get the same functionality of auto rcm without actually doing auto right. rcm yeah yeah absolutely yeah. now do you know if you i wonder if you have to still power it on and maybe x41 uh, yeah. which he actually says the full install is seven wires, but there's a row of pads uh, on the far left side for mods and stuff. I do. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, those are really small pads. They are really small pads. They're very small pads. If you saw the pads in the video, they're like, oh, 
with tens of the size. Almost. Yeah. Holy cow. Yep. Uh, and he's saying it's completely open source. Yeah. So dope. So it's extendable if you could actually, you know, micro solder. A little bit of flux. You know. Just a bit. That'll help. Cheapest. But yeah, this is pretty sweet. Now I have to get some stuff. I have to come over here. We can do it over on you. Do you have a soldering kit? Oh, I have like a really that? nice soldering iron. I thought, you, I thought yeah. you did. I've seen you do videos and stuff. So yeah, I need to get one for myself at some yeah, point. Yeah, I got. I, yeah, I got a nice Hako soldering iron. Fucking love it. So he said the hardware design is on his GitHub. Uh, the internal trinket mod chip code works with almost no changes. Uh, X forty one. If you want to drop your GitHub URL in here, uh, I'm sure we can put it in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, this is pretty sweet. Ah, dang. Yeah. Now I gotta find the time. I just got to make sure I don't lose this. It's so small. Yeah, right. I'm afraid, like, <laughs> holding it, I'm going to, like, break it. It's tiny. And it's so thin. Honestly, I expected something like this to be... It ain't no thick be... boy. No, it, it's... Yeah, it's no, wild. That's, the, the, funny enough, that's been the 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 worry on these chips. Uh, I believe X41 was dealing with this, and there's been several others who've worked on chips as yeah. well for the Switch. And the challenge has been getting them thin enough to the point where you don't have to shave anything down on the console itself. Yeah. Now, X41 says they feel small, but it's actually really just easy to solder. And I would agree. In his honest opinion, though, that's yeah, what he said. This so. stuff, with just a bit of flux, these pads aren't too bad. I remember uh, doing um, cell phone repair on uh, charge ports on mm-hmm. Android phones. Those, that was not the funnest thing. Yeah, that this doesn't is, sound fun. This is a decent <laughs> bit, quite a bit bigger. Um, so... A little bit of flux, you'll be fine. Yeah. You've used flux on your stuff oh, before, Oh, dude, I right? use flux on almost everything. Yeah, good. So. I, would, yeah, I, would I put on so. my sandwiches, man. It's great. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched uh, Lewis Rossman's videos? Yeah. He puts so much flux. Hey, man, it makes everything easy. It does. He, like, drowns, yeah. <laughs> it, drowns no, it. No, people try and shame me for it, too. They're like, you're using so much flux. I'm like, what is wrong with making this easy? It's true. What's wrong with making this yeah. easy, dude? It doesn't really. I've never, I guess, especially after his stuff, I haven't seen a negative from it other than just a little bit of cleanup. Even then, it kind of just evaporates after a while. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Lots of flux. Oh, boy. Yeah. But that is so cool. Thanks again, X41. Yes, thank you Sweet. so much. Yeah, I can't wait to bust it out and hopefully not break my switch. Yeah, but bust it everywhere. Uh, I don't know where you. I haven't looked at where you soldered this onto on the switch. So hopefully that area is pretty easy to get to. As well, well. He, pretty easy. He ended up sending on. me a diagram of it before. Let me even check if I can bring it up on here somehow. Slacking, slacking. My bad, man. Shout out Discord. Just pushing five updates all at once. Good God. I'm, I'm opening that because I know he sent them to me on there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This side. Okay, while that's all starting and all that fun stuff, let me see. Actually, no, I'm not going to be able to load it on here. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well. The last thing. Which? So we have a guide update, but it's not the guide. No. It's no. a really nice one, though. It is. It's cute. And I like this. I like this trend of like really nice guys. Same like, here, man. We need this. So let's say you, you know, have your setup or you get one of these little trinkets. This wouldn't necessarily, I guess, be for the trinkets. Well, you wouldn't so. load it onto it, but that's true. Yeah, you could load up, you know, Rayon X. Yeah, that nice fancy custom firmware we talked about that came out, I guess, around the time of our last podcast, right? Yeah. So now there, we, we had talked about that there was an outdated guide. Um, there was some GitHub stuff. Yeah, and when we're talking about the guide, we're talking about like the 3DS guide, the Wii U guide, yeah. the Vita guide, now the Switch guide, and the Switch hacks guide has not been updated. I was going right. to tell you this before the show too because we discussed it. I personally think that uh, Plyset, 
I believe that's his name. I believe that he's holding out Plyle- for Plylect. Okay, I've, I I don't say I that loud because it's usernames, you know. But uh, he, I believe he's probably going to be holding off to update it until Atmosphere is like fully yeah. done, ready to go. I would say, yeah, 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 probably, yeah, just to have that standard. Well, and yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like he's probably planning on going with the Atmosphere. So does he want to like? Put promote Ray and X for a little bit just to have the guide switch. Nah. Not that he wouldn't want to like support Ray and X at all. I don't know, but I doubt it. It's probably more of just keeping things simple and yeah. not wanting to change it up. And, no, exactly. That's uh, that's what he's going after. You know, and I was just thinking back to the 3ds. You know, sticking with um, uh, Luma 3ds, I think has done really well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, just in general for the community, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sticking with one thing, knowing one thing, updating one thing. Yes. Not having to relearn. Yeah, absolutely. But now, as we've said, the guide has not been updated, but there is a guide available, and it is for RayNX. And the site is RayNX.guide. Very simple to get to. Yes. It has all these notices here as well. Like, this is actually, this is one thing that's been kind of spooky, but it says, yeah, XFAT SD corruption warning. We are looking into trying to prevent SD card corruption. Please stay tuned, which we didn't even dedicate a segment on this, and I don't think we really need to all that much. It's more right now. If you have Ray and X and you're using XFAT on your system, there's just random SD card corruption. And they don't really know why, but people are trying to figure it out. So that's that's what's (laughs) happening right now. But either way, I followed this guide. Yeah. I personally okay, followed it. Cool. So it's really easy to do. Again, you can follow, like do all this stuff. So, for example, like we'll run through it together on here. So the first time setup, cool, let's do all this. It breaks down. You need a switch. Well, gee, who knew? I love the snark on this guide, by the way. <laughs> There's a lot of snark all over. Which, do you know who actually wrote this? Uh, I believe it was Ray himself. Yeah, to look. I'll, I'll look while you go through yeah, it. Let's see. I, I didn't find the uh, the thing on there, but either way, uh, no. So it goes through all the stuff you'd need. It breaks down how to um, do, you know, payloads, all that other fun stuff, how to get into RCM. Then when you get started, essentially, this is all the stuff that's available. You download all this stuff. You put it in the places. You push in your payload using whatever method you're going to use. And then to finalize your setup, it breaks down, hey, this is how you dump your NAND boot 0 and 1 files. This is how you do a full dump of your NAND. This is how you can use auto RCM. And the cool thing is with this too, there is a Ray NX toolkit, which is an actual piece of homebrew where you can launch the homebrew menu, open up Ray NX toolkit, and you can do all that stuff from there. And it is incredibly clean too. It looks just like any other Switch app. Wow, nice. It's awesome. Yeah. And then I think the last thing it was recommending, no, let me see. Okay, here, it was also recommending Checkpoint and NX Shell. So, gotcha. yeah, no, I would highly recommend this now. I have been wanting to set this up, actually, because especially after, uh, right now my Switch is set up for um, the SXOS, and after there are several updates where I didn't even get to 1.6, and I was like, nah after like all that i was ready to try this out and i was glad to see the guide mm-hmm. um, i haven't gotten to it yet but uh it looked like so one thing that was interesting as i was reading through this there was no sd files that you had to put on there which i know was a thing that was needed for it in the past uh oh and that was apparently i think somebody ended up covering even answered it in our comments before on that previous episode but all that stuff it wasn't necessarily needed it was just it made a lot of things easier and at the time it was i think it was like the darth meteos 
super stash. Yeah. And that actually had some files in it that were illegal to redistribute. That's why you had to go to a Discord server to come <laughs> from there. Gotcha. That's actually been cleaned up now. So it's now Very stuff nice. that's all gravy to distribute. Cool. Um, and that's just packaged in the Ray and X custom firmware. Yeah. One thing I do want to say, though, and I don't think they make super clear on here. Um, it does not. Ray and X does not work with FAT32 formatting really? cards at all. Yeah. It's only because, XFAT. Yeah, if you follow this entire guide, what will happen is if you follow it and you're on FAT32, uh, like the Ray Girl will come up, and then the screen will go to black, and then it will go to deep black, and that's it. And you cannot boot the custom firmware at all. It doesn't brick your system. You just can't boot the custom firmware. You get a black screen. That's it, unfortunately. Uh, so what you would need to do is get XFAT on there. The easiest way to do it is to update your system, connect it to the internet, um, put in an XFAT formatted card, and then you download the license to use XFAT and you're able to use it. Um, however, I had to go through the KIP, like the file system way of doing it. Uh, so in short, you need to get a fs.kip file huh. from an update. You need to dump that file and you can either flash it to your NAND if you want it on your official firmware, or you can patch it into the custom firmware itself. Crazy. And that's super easy to do on Ray and X. You literally take the file drop it into the file systems folder that is on there so that way now i have my system doesn't have the license for xfat but i'm able to use my xfat formatted card on ray and x wow yeah just because what it does is when the firmware boots it loads in all of the kip files so all the file systems that are on your sd card it loads them in and patches them into the custom firmware on boot right there very nice yeah so it, it was real clean Wow. Is that all in the guide, or is, did you have to find No, that I had to do that myself, so I can help you with that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I had perhaps. to do that shit my damn self. But everything is available on Google, thankfully. Just look up what you're needing to do, and you can figure it out. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you uh, dove into that. I'm definitely going to have to do it, because... Yeah, I just I'm wanted to put to that out, out there for anybody that tries it, and they're just like, hey, I'm getting a black screen. It's like, I feel, I feel you. Oh, yeah, I feel you. Sure. I'm not trying to drop my mic everywhere, but it almost happened. I can't remember what mine is formatted at right now. I think it's XFAT. Lucky. I think it's XFAT. Lucky. We'll see. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Should be able to plug it into my computer. And I mean, out. when I first got my Switch, I ended up, uh, what did I do? No, I like I formatted it and everything, so I had to get rid of all that stuff. Because I just normally format systems when I get them. Gotcha. By the way, as far as I can tell, the guide, I think it was made by Ray. Uh, I looked, and there's a donate thing that link, links to his Patreon. It says okay. if you want to donate, and the fact, like, uh, it doesn't really, I don't know. It says, like, I'm a total fan of this custom firmware. I want to donate. How can I do so? It says, all things, so you can donate here. It's not really addressing exactly the, the person that made it, but I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Damn. But yeah, this in general, too loose. nice looking guide. I'm glad that more guides Absolutely. are coming out. Like it's this. the cutest guide I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, ne- maybe out thing. of Nintendo Switch territory. But we're in Nintendo territory. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, have you ever messed around with the whole Nintendo Essentials for RPG Maker? I never have. Have you? Or Pokemon Essentials, I should say. Uh, no, 
I had oh. wanted to get into it actually. Oh man, it's I thought you were going to tell me like, "Oh, I no. had all this experience with I was, it. I loved it." I was hoping you would say the same thing. No. But back in the day, I definitely I played my fair share of Pokemon ROM hacks, and I had looked up videos and some t- tutorials on this stuff, and I had kind of I was inspired to get into it, but I never really gave it a true shot, and I'm worried that it's going to be more difficult to do so now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like I guess is it. I didn't actually see this. Do you know if it's Nintendo or the Pokemon company? Uh, it's saying Nintendo has gone yes. after a new target on here. So I don't know says, who actually ended up pushing it, but I believe it was Nintendo, though. As far as I know, um, this article here says Nintendo as well. Mm-hmm. They made a, uh, I guess, a DMCA or a copyright takedown for this Pokemon Essentials On, on something that's been out for a while, yeah. This has been out for 11 years and essentially was able to allow users who um, already paid for RPG Maker because it's paid for software. They could download this uh, plugin for free, essentially, and be able to modify Pokemon games. You could move the tiles around. You could edit the text that people said. And that's how I believe most of the... Um, ROM hacks were created because this uh, this actually created ROM hacks, right? I believe it helped with that, yeah. Yeah, or did this only create? Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I think because po- yeah. Pokemon Uranium wasn't a ROM hack. I don't. It believe. was not. No, it was an actual and application. And that's what. Um... Yeah. So fan games yeah. specifically. That's what so. We this actually is not yeah, fan games. This was not for ROM hacking. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that's what this was at first. Yeah, and it was Nintendo of America who did right. take it down. So this didn't so. even modify real Pokemon games. No. This was only for creating brand new ones. It just had a lot of assets that looked like it. Um, okay, I actually didn't realize that. Because there are tools available. I would actually, I'm kind of curious about looking into those now. There are tools available to help like you actual actually. Like the ROM hacking tools ROM for Pokemon hacking. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what this was at first. But that makes sense that it's an uh, RPG Maker plugin. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this has been out for a long time, um, and it's been taken down essentially, or there's been a copyright notice, and it all references have been taken down mm-hmm. to comply with it. Because um, you kind of have to. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> worth it fighting a company like that. No, no. Also, a lot of times these are hosted on external websites like YouTube, GitHub, whatever it right. is. Right, and so yeah. they're just going to just get exactly. Rid of it. And not the files are hosted, but I'm just talking about like YouTube in general. Like for that, that's how I actually had this discussion with Kiwi today. But I was saying like that's how YouTube ends up staying neutral and they stay clear. Right, they're just the messenger. It's like, oh, we received a copyright notice on this. Okay, here. Like they don't really yeah. have a say in it because if right. they have a say in it then at that point, the company could go after YouTube. And I've seen plenty of stuff getting taken down uh, off GitHub as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, GitHub doesn't care, you know? Yeah. Especially now it's owned by Microsoft. Well, I guess, like, I guess they, they comply. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if they didn't care, they would just leave it up. Sure, sure. Uh, they don't care really about you as the in-person mm-hmm. in, this, in that sense. Um, now they're owned by Microsoft, so that's not going to change anytime soon. They're going to be even more compliant, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, this is a bummer. Uh, you, you, these games, this software was given away for free, so no one was profiting off this. I suppose someone could profit off the compiled software if they wanted to, um, but you know, you know, I don't know. I don't think this is really hurting the Pokemon market no. at all. Um, it does say here that Pokemon Uranium was developed by this, and we saw them go after that yeah. when it was near its release. And, and that's what, oh, well, after it released, yeah, well, like right after. So I right. guess, yeah, near, as you're saying. Because, yeah, they didn't announce Pokemon Uranium at all. They just, they knew, the developers knew that this was going to happen. So they put out the game, and then they had to fix some stuff. So they put out an update, 
And by the time it spread like wildfire, so what ended up happening with that, I remember it was like Nintendo, within a few days, DMCA'd it, and the developers complied, they stopped developing, they took it down, and they're just like, hey guys, we can't distribute it. Like, listen very carefully to us. We can't distribute it. Right. Do you catch my drift? Yeah. I'm sure you'll be able to find it for... <laughs> no, you can find it easily. The, term, the developers yeah. complied, they stopped developing, and they stopped distributing it. Yeah. So... Which would be hilarious because at that point, yeah, you're just like rushing to get in any last minute bug fixes or anything like that. Exactly. It's yeah. crazy. I know, um, what was it? Halo Online, they had to do that recently where, you know, they stopped development on it and we right. covered that before. Uh, but recently they did issue a patch not to update like the game itself, but because it was a uh, like cross scripting uh, exploit that was available and being used in the game. And so they ended up releasing a small patch for that. And they're like, yeah, guys, we're not supposed to be developing on this. And we're not going to add, we're not going to develop on the actual game itself or the mod. But we could not sit here and just let this dangerous exploit be out in the wild. So this is the only thing that we've patched. And it was for purely safety reasons. Right. Not for fixing, not for game additions, nothing like that. Mm. So. I was not aware of that. Yeah, it was it was very quick. We never covered it on here. Interesting. I just saw it because I was following it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, this is a bummer. Um, I'm not terribly surprised with how Nintendo has handled stuff in the past. It just thinks that a project like this has been around for so long. There's uh, something happening with Pokemon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's normally what happens. If something like this happens, I'm like, you're doing something with Pokemon, aren't you? Yeah. Well, and they are going like a lot more mobile too their nintendo is spreading out to a lot more consoles right yeah so a lot of these third-party things were on consoles that nintendo normally couldn't or didn't play with mm-hmm. now they're on mobile like quite a bit yes and they're coming out with more pokemon franchise games so i don't know maybe it has something to do with that mm-hmm. they're like if you're going to be playing on anything we want you to be playing our stuff who knows um but it is kind of a bummer just a bit it's nice that this has been around for a long time to an extent, though, because there's plenty of content made with it out there. So um, if you want to play some of these games, you'll be able to find them if you look hard enough. If you look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bummers, we're just going from depressing news to even more depressing news. I don't know. You say that, and I get it, but like, it was kind of, it, it was almost like, a, it was, it, I don't know, I felt kind of warm fuzzies. Really? To an extent. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm going to want to know your, your take on that. But the thing that we're covering here is, of course, one of the things that is in the title of this, it is the PS2 support being dropped. I want to say, I call it long-term support for the PS2. Long, long-term. Long-term support. Yeah, because the PS2 came out in 2000, and they stopped manufacturing it in 2012, and it's now 2018. And Sony has said that they've stopped supporting it. Yeah. Now, some people might be saying, bro, like... Yeah, they stopped, they stopped making games for it. They took the online service offline. What's going on with this? Well, Japan was the last territory where they were doing any type of servicing. And going off the Kotaku article here, they were saying, yeah, Sony Interactive Entertainment's aftercare service for the PS2 in Japan is ending. While the console has been out of production since 2012, Sony Japan continued to service the no, continued to service to the game machine. Nice. <laughs> Keeping it alive. Sony is now pulling the plug. And yeah, Sony Japan asked PS2 owners to fill out online forms by August 31st to have their consoles fixed one last time. PS2s that arrive. I know. (laughs) PS2s that arrive at the PlayStation Clinic Service Center after September 7th will not be serviced. So if you're hearing about this now, it's too late. 
I yeah. mean, you can fix this stuff yourself and everything, but right. yeah, man, I just, I thought that was crazy that that long, long-term support was going on. And I don't, and I guess I don't know what the, what other consoles it really compare to, honestly. Well, I know Nintendo is known for servicing their consoles for a long, long time as well, yeah. too. I guess I just think, I saw this and I didn't really realize they were still doing that. And I'm so used to technology these days being so disposable. Things are designed to last like a couple of years. And so just seeing them even like supporting this and working on this and continuing to produce parts and stuff for 18 years. Yeah, I know. 18 and a half years. I was going to say, yeah, because somebody was saying it had a good run of what, 17 years? It had a 18 and a half year run. Yeah. 18 and a half years that's crazy that is so long for just disposable technology these days you know that's so i guess that's the encouraging part for me is like i don't know i I can't say whether our consoles these days is going to be the same way but that surprised me in itself yeah but yeah it is it is poured up for the ps2 in here yeah oh god oh god that's wet (laughs) yeah i felt that splash over here (laughs) I'm so, are you wearing socks? Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. Lily is very concerned. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Lily, there's some water. But, Lick it. I'll clean that up after the show. Uh, yeah, if you were seeing this now, especially you know in Japan or especially like elsewhere in the world, uh, you're gonna be fixing those consoles yourself. Yep. Which people have been doing for a while, of there's course. There's plenty but, yeah. of guides out there. Yeah. The ways fo- to clean it and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought I'd it'd be worth mentioning this as well too. But uh, the PS2, I decided to take a look at this. It is. Not one of. It is the best-selling console ever. Yeah. It has sold over 155 million units worldwide. Which I think the second console is actually the DS, which sold around 150. Yes. Yeah. And funny enough, it's like, and that one I would even classify into handheld. So the Nintendo DS is the best-selling handheld system, but the second best-selling actual home console is the PlayStation. Right. And that's, but even that was about 100 million. Yeah. And so that's like a... You know, fifty percent increase, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, dude. Well, you remember everyone had a PS2. Yeah, everyone. Everyone had a PS2. It was. I mean, it destroyed that generation. Yeah, truly did. It's amazing that the Xbox was able to come back so strong. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's a sad day. But yeah, pour one out at home. Yeah, pour one. Out. I poured one out at home. You all saw that. So hey, I mean, look. Sony's like kind of back on top right now too. Exactly. They, they, yeah. You know, and they bad. know it. That's why they're just like <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to share with with Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Xbox is like, uh, "Come on, we can do we, we can do cross-platform play. It'll be good." And Nintendo's like, "Yeah, we can do cross-platform play." And Sony's like, out. "Yeah, you know who what losers do? Cross-platform play." Well, I remember their statement or whatever. I'm not going to quote it, but you know, it was something along the lines of like, "Well, we just believe that the PlayStation is just the best place yes. to experience games. Yes, they said that. Like, Dead ass, they said yeah. that. <laughs> like the president or some kind of, yep. or like some head of some, you know, one of the departments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Basically, everyone else sucks. Yep. So Everybody sucks. Anyways, continuing on with some PlayStation stuff. Continue. Uh, we've got some new Vita news. We do. Including a new update. Yeah, people have been asking for this for quite a bit. I don't know how long we're going to talk about this because, I mean... I have a few things here, yeah. but it's not like... I, I think people were making this out to be a bigger update than it was. I don't know. But 3.69 is out for the Vita. And as as some people have said, that's that's a very nice update. <laughs> 3.69. Nice. Real nice. 
All jokes aside, though, a the previous a salad. All jokes <laughs> a salad, though. The previous firmware was three point six eight, which we had covered on here before, and we said the cool thing was with that. That meant for that time that every single PlayStation Vita, PlayStation TV, Vita TV was exploitable with H Encore, which was absolutely fantastic. That is no longer the case. If right. you take your Vita family system and update it to 3.69, you can no longer run Homebrew on it. You can no longer install or run H Encore or Molecular Shell or what have you or you know Hinkaku. You can't do any of that stuff. So first off, we're going to say don't update to 3.69. That should be quite obvious. Right. If you have a console that has been modified, don't update it to 3.69. You have version spoofing. So go into your version spoofing settings, change that from 3.68 to 3.69 on Hinkaku, and you'll be good at that point. And PSN yep. spoofing still works with that, thankfully, as long as you're on at least 3.65. So aside from any like update or games coming out that require 3.69, uh, which even then is PSN's, I guess not for everything, right? Mm-hmm. If a game requires 3.69... Uh, if yeah you no can't get around that right uh yeah if a game requires 3.69 then the game cartridge can be dumped but i don't know with, with let my die with that new one i don't remember if you can fully i know that's to decrypt games like as long as you can decrypt a game on a modded system and dump it you can play it down right. to 3.60 right I with the that proper now. stuff yeah but right now currently with 3.69 that i'm not 100 percent sure on because i believe yifen lu he had said that the keys had been updated like the keys had not been updated for games uh-huh. so right. his take on it his hot take which i kind of agree with here is that sony on the vita seems to care more about blocking homebrew than blocking piracy so if i understand that correctly then theoretically a 3.69 game should, should be work. bypassable and should yeah. be fine i really doubt we're gonna see any 3.69 required games come out so yeah we'll see you know it could be one of those things we've seen this with the PSP a few times too where they just try to have like one last go after a while just like even if it's not that big of a thing it's just kind of blocking an entry point or something like that I think I think the last PSP update because we went from 6.6 and then like two years later we got 6.61 and if I understand correctly I mean that did block out like one thing for custom firmwares which people ended up fixing within a few days Um, but it was more to remove a few features right yeah deprecate a few things that exactly didn't work anymore yeah probably no servers left up for them mm-hmm. anyways it's pretty interesting we'll see what happens for sure uh, just kind of answering some things on here too the last thing we saw actually took quite a while so i mean i wouldn't see anyone you know i don't think this is going to come out an update is going to come out super soon i don't think there's any word about it mm-hmm. probably not a huge rush there's probably still plenty of consoles on oh yeah low enough firmware yeah if you if you update your vita to 3.69 that's your fault yeah yeah um but no on here so el taco destroyer is asking is there a way to pre- prevent 3.69 if you have a modded system spoof it to 3.69 if you get a download for it you can go to the top bubbles there and just cancel out or close out or delete the download so as long as you do that you should be okay disable automatic updating as well too from cross mic yes that is also an important thing so oh, disable- we could do that on the new nintendo consoles that would be nice <laughs> the thing is they do it so fast you know yeah. 
Yeah, because by the time you're like ready, it's just like your system will update and restart in three seconds. It's like, wait, no. Yep. I haven't done that, thankfully, but it's just like from the update process that I've seen on there. Yep. So, yeah. No, there's been, um, was even one person is recommending I should add an update to the, what, well, add an edit to my PSV to modding video. Can't really do that in like, I can't, it's not worth a re uploads to me. And it's more something I've covered in the comments and in the, um, in the video description as well. So I even kind of mentioned it in that video too. I'm like, yeah, this will work right now up to 3.68. Right now, 3.68 is the latest firmware. I mean, I've had like my 3.6 videos from before and they seem to be fine with this. This is a console update that blocks out a certain piece of homebrew and prevents it from being modded. So at least for the time being, this is nothing new that's been on the channel at all. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. So that's the Vita news. Yeah. We do well, have one more round of updates. Yeah. Would, would you like to take this one? Sure. Because we have another console that's been updated. Yeah. This one's a little bit surprising. I guess I kind of mentioned it, not even thinking about it a little bit. Yeah, because I was like, are you are you transitioning or not? No, I still have things to say. I wasn't transitioning, actually, so you were good. You weren't even transitioning. Damn. Your, dog, your dog's foot's very heavy. Oh, yeah. She's a fat dog. Foot's on my foot. She is, she is a fat dog. Ignoring all that, um, the Wii U actually got an update. I don't know how long it's been, but it was a while. Um, a while? Yeah. Long time. Now, the odd thing is that they didn't I, really do anything. I think it was, because didn't, I think. Ah, gosh. <laughs> I had you on the podcast when that update came out, right? Because we, we read something from Tavin as well, yeah. too. Yeah. No, I. so it's been well, well over a year. Oh, man, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Now, you'd think with this they would patch, like, whatever little entry points that they have. But I don't know. Maybe they just are, got themselves in a corner on those because all the same entry points are available. Basically, everything is still the same in terms of Wii U hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is very minor stuff. Uh, here, Ash, who is a newcomer on the podcast, I think. Yes. Uh, Quark the Awesome. Quark the Awesome on Twitter. Yes. Basically said Wii U's update. There was no changes to anything interesting. The Euro, uh, European regions have some changes to the home and system settings. Um, there's a few other SSL certs that were added. Um, nothing crazy. Basically, there was one little thing where cold boot hacks chi would uh, fail to work uh, from a cold boot or whatever, and you could just reinstall it, and then it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um but I looked, I didn't see any updates to the guide for this, Plylex guide. Oh, there's nothing, not even a mention of 5.53? Um, I briefly looked earlier before I really? came over and I did not see. Um, yeah, let's double check that before spreading fake all, news. all of the information was the exact same from what I saw. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, on the main one, nothing about the new update. Uh, yeah, let me what, see. What was, the, what was the update? Was it 5.5.3? Uh, 5.5.3, yes, sir. So, yeah, on the yeah, guide, oh, actually, it actually yeah. says... It says, yeah, this guide will work on all Wii U devices in all regions on version 5.5.0 to 5.5.3. Yep. So, I mean, I looked, and the instructions all seemed exactly the same as mm-hmm. well. So, no changes, really. For sure, yeah. In, in short, this seems to be more a GDPR thing, as Nicholas said, and I know a lot of people hmm. are theorizing on that too so Which, even the wii u had to get the gdpr update it wasn't right. impervious to it <laughs> thankfully we're not getting emails about that from nintendo oh yeah i guess we probably already have gotten one yeah but I mean, yeah. in short what we can say that happened is further improvements to overall system stability and other minor adjustments that can made to enhance the user experience <laughs> absolutely straight from nintendo who would have guessed that who would have guessed that 
Who but would have guessed that? They're definitely not not outside the realm of updating either. You know, I think that this also shows that there is a good chance that there could be more updates on the horizon. Um, pipeline's still open. Absolutely. But nothing crazy. I mean, there yet. are going to be more updates on the horizon because, like, you know, Horizon <sighs> OS. Like, <laughs> you already burned that fuse. No, I didn't. <laughs> the Horizon OS update's going to burn the fuse. Right. How many fuses do you get, Danny? How many Horizon OS? Jokes? 11. No, that number's not confirmed. I just made that yeah, up off right. the top of my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like they said, didn't they say the number of fuses? There? I, I'm sure they did. I, I just think, don't know it off the top of my head because yeah. I don't remember how many fuses are, I don't like, fuses are in a system. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, boy. We started with Nintendo. And, and we finished Nintendo. with Nintendo. Yeah. Like a good Nintendo chat should. I think so. Anyways, we are at the end of the podcast here, but it is not the end. This is now the point where we will take questions from you all. So if you have any questions that you'd like to ask us and have us answer on here, we normally do this for the last 20 or 30 minutes of the show. So if you are listening or watching this when it is all done, come out to a live show near the end. We normally do this. However, if you can't make it out to a live show, we're sorry. Hopefully the people in the audience might ask what you're wanting to know. Yeah, absolutely. Something along those lines. Um, let's see. Do you have anything on the chat right now? No, not yet. And of course, I mean, there's a delay right now as well, too. Yeah, so absolutely. we're going to have to wait on that stuff. But I was ranting. I mean, in the meantime, I could, I could retell this. I was ranting to Devin about this right before the show. But um, the Master Chief Collection got patched on Xbox One. I have an Xbox One X. I need to actually use it more so I can make my video on my thoughts on it and such. Uh, but... They're not positive so far because I had this issue where it's like a 73 gigabyte update, right? And before anybody tells me my internet's messed up or something, I have excellent gigabit internet and it is wired in and this shit took like three weeks to download because it would start and it was, and Devin, I saw on the dashboard, it was downloading at like five meg, like five megabits a second. How big of a download was it? 73 gigs. It got to the point the first wow. two weeks because the system, I had to keep it into instant on mode, but it kept stopping the install in the background. So I had to keep the system on, like on, on for at least a week straight. And all of a sudden last night I was suddenly able to play because last night it decided to download the 15 gigabytes normally. But until then, I had to keep restarting the system, go in, actually resume the download, all that stuff. That It's been unacceptable. And it hasn't been something with my network switch because I've done downloads on other systems just fine. It hasn't been something with the Xbox One overall because I downloaded multiple other games on it of varying sizes just fine. It's just been this update. But I will say, I finally played it last night, and it's beautiful. Like, I want to play. The original Halo is looking good at 4K. Dude, that's with, awesome. With, of course, the, the, the HD textures and stuff. So, yeah. Dude, I'm going to have to come over and play sometime. Dude, you should, man. You should. Halo you party. You need to. It would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe, Do all the Halos. Maybe bring over a console to mod and knock that out, too. Absolutely. I do need to still update my new 3DS, but that was kind of fun getting back into the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Finally updated to Arm 9 Loader Hacks, everyone. Y- yes. And... Wait, no, no, no. You mean uh, Boot 9 Strap. Oh, yeah. Boot 9 Strap. Okay. Upgrade I was like, wait, from... wait, wait. No. Yeah, I'm that far behind, Danny. I've got, I've got one more to go. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, Kiwi Dog actually posted a GitHub link. I did and see that, yes. So it looks like Mira, which is the development kit, I believe, for um, the PS4. Uh, they have some milestones posted, and it looks like they're 55% of the way uh, 
to their 1.1 beta milestone. And congratulations on that. And it says yeah, it will sweet. include the following things, reloadable, swappable, homebrew enabler, reading and parsing configuration files from the USB file system, uh, yeah, file system loading and, well, yeah, file system, loading and unloading plugins via USB Linux loader, accessible via RPC to load Linux from USB. It's fucking awesome. Congratulations mm-hmm. to the Mira team for that so far. It'll be nice to see that. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. They actually have like several betas mapped out, so it looks like they're really planning ahead and knowing yeah. what they're actually going to be releasing. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see from them. And um, I like how they're utilizing the milestones thing on GitHub. Uh, I don't know if a lot of projects that I follow actually use that because it's not something I really look at much. Mm-hmm. But it's something I thought about implementing but just never got around to it. So I think it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you can see uh, several open and closed PRs for that, uh, maybe even their stories if they're using the um, issue tracker. Yeah, so there we go. So there's several issues open. So basically, they're saying once they get those closed, um, then the beta will be pretty much ready so yeah excellent if you're wanting to go check it out at the github uh is open orbis slash mira dash project for github.com yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool kiwi thanks for dropping by and dropping that on us we absolutely appreciate it also shout out to Noor, who's in the chat he said there was 32 anti-downgrade fuses perfect which makes sense that seems like a very it seems like a good number it seems like 32 anti-downgrade fuses yeah yeah um, here's a random one. Did you guys go to Retro World 2018? I did not. No. Where is that held? I don't know. Hmm, it sounds <laughs> I've cool. I've heard though. of it, but... Yeah, I've heard it. It sounds cool, but... Um, did not go. Yeah. No, let me see where the... Oh, it's in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, no, I don't even think I've been to Connecticut. Have you? No. No. I think... Is it... Somewhere, I can't remember, Joe Rogan, I think, I saw this random YouTube clip where he ran on like a severe rant about Connecticut, I think. <laughs> I need to look it up real quick. Oh, man. Let's see. In regards to this, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so the stream's been really solid this time. No dropouts. Thank you for that. I changed it to normal latency, and I actually added um, a 30-second delay on it on purpose to hopefully gotcha. prevent that. When are you getting a new desk for ModChat with a ModChat desk fund? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to seriously... Let's go shopping. Yeah, we need to go shopping. We need to hit up Ikea. That's where I got this shit from. So other people are saying, they're just like, you should just get a second one of these. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. It's not the worst. It's yeah. for sure. Hmm. Dude, it was 80 bucks for this table and four do, chairs. Do I get to de- decide, help you decide on your table if I'm going to be using it more? I would absolutely people? be down for that. <laughs> I don't really like furniture shopping that much. <laughs> Neither do I. I just don't... I mean, I actually do... But I don't know. I just, I'm never going to convince myself to go like by myself. Like I have to like almost have someone to like help build up the encouragement. Mm-hmm. It's just never something I really feel like doing just in my day to day. It is Connecticut. You guys want to see some random funny Joe Rogan video? Joe Rogan hates Connecticut. It's Does he say, well, why does he hate Connecticut or should we not spoil it? Because uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember all of it. I remember it was just a bunch of ridiculous things. He just said that like make ridiculous comments i think part of it was like the comedy clubs there and part of it was like he just thinks that most of those people there are stupid like it was really kind of shallow <laughs> like it was just like geez i didn't I didn't know you had it in you but um yeah, yeah so someone's saying yeah there's nothing here in connecticut to go anywhere else and you'll yeah. have more fun yeah. i don't know i can man i can tell you some boring ass places to go to um like, I mean, like, like, have you ever heard of Enid, Oklahoma? 
No. First of all, just say the name Enid. Enid. It's Enid. bad. Second, this is a place where the the, the main thing ASMR. There's, Enid. There's nothing there in Enid, and on top of that, this place had a university that went out of business. What? <laughs> what fucking place do you know of that has a university that goes out of business? We're not even going Enid, there. Oklahoma. We're not even right? going there. Don't go there. Don't go there. I've heard. I mean, overall, I can't hear go to college there. You can't. Well, I think it ended up reopening later on or something. I don't know, but just bad, bad, bad. Yeah. No, let me see what else has been on here. Uh, Nick Two Mobile said something about what do you guys expect from a Switch in terms of emulators, and honestly, like the sky's the limit as far as like maybe what the most powerful console one of the one of the things i was thinking of was ps2 and i know david had mentioned on here uh the like what we would think of of like a ps2 emulator and there's been some back and forth on here like i believe one user nor was saying that pcsx2 doesn't run that well already so it's not going to do that well on the switch yeah i don't know about that we would see like i would (laughs) i mean it might be a bit of a pipe dream but it's just like ps2 would be like the next logical step in emulators that i would see like that i would expect because we've done all the old systems like we've done all that and it's cool and i want them to get better but i'm like okay i want to see like even a proof of concept like i mean we've seen gamecube on the switch and that was through linux but i'd like to see xbox or ps2 i think that'd be cool to check out and sometimes i mean i know that like there's a good point to be made that if it's not running on the pc well it's probably going to be optimized there but every once in a while there's a console like this that it's like i think could be encouraging enough people see the potential in the switch and that could be just enough to drive people to really hone in mm-hmm. uh, and work on it and with the way that like retro arch works and all that i think that and even running emulators through linux um they could go hand in hand it's not like you're gonna have to specially craft the entire thing for the switch only mm-hmm. um so I, I would agree with that and right now i'm honestly it's kind of funny because i'm actually really happy with the switch i haven't tested out every console but i know it's getting good enough where like the switch is actually probably the best emulation thing other than my pc that i have right now right which is really nice um and it's probably the best form factor i don't know i think emulation is like you know really sweet spot right now mm-hmm. I, I do want to grab some donations real quick Oh, Tr- man. Tristan said $2. Thank you for that, dude. Adding to the desk fund to keep up the good work. Thank you. That is appreciated. And we got an Australian $5, which is about the same as Whoa. US $5. They're saying you guys should come to Australia if you can. I'd like to go to Australia. That would be awesome. Thank man. you for that. But yeah, no, I would like to go to Australia. That'd I actually be- have uh, a couple coworkers that go to Australia for work um, a couple times a year, and it's pretty cool. They bring back some nice treats. Uh, Vegemite is not my thing, though. Vegemite's not really my thing either. Have you had it? Yeah. Yeah. It's eh. It's kind of weird. Eh. Yeah. But I would still love to visit. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at anything else on here. I guess there was one directed for myself. But do you still play with Xbox 360 stuff, modding your homebrew, or are you tired of that platform? I just don't do it as often. I'm not tired of it. Yeah, I still mess with 360 stuff. Um, whether it's playing the games or firing up some homebrew on the system or modding them i still have quite a bit of enjoyment modding them so no nah, i didn't leave the 360 i just don't do it as much <laughs> that's me though yeah do you guys think the xbox one is unhackable uh, no nothing's unhackable i i if think it can it, run code it's exploitable i think it'd be extremely hard to hack because uh, a lot of people are saying oh there's no interest in it it's like no it's been heavily heavily locked down and on top of that microsoft is really sending them in in black after people 
uh, over anyone who's like doing any major development or has some hardware that they shouldn't. Um, but it's not unhackable. Yeah, I mean, in general, that's a rule of thumb. Like, if it can run code, it can be hacked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no uh, way of knowing when it could mean it could actually never get hacked. That doesn't mean it's unhackable. I, that's true. Yeah, I would right. say like for example with the um, I mean there was a video a long time ago called like not a long time it was like a year or two ago it was called like set like eighteen years later the Sega Saturn's DRM was cracked oh and gosh. it's like people had so do you know much about the Sega Saturn? No, I mean I know of it. I played it. I had a friend that actually had one, but I never had one for myself. Mm-hmm. So in short to play and that one's weird because in short to play a burned disc you have to have I mean. There's multiple ways, but the main way is installing a mod chip. If you install a mod chip, it disables piracy protection, but it does not disable region checks. Mm -hmm. So to bypass the region checking, you have to put in an action replay cartridge. Um, So that's the main way to do it without modifying your games in any way. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, the cartridge slot up top, you could probably make a flash card for that. Um, And this guy, Dr. Abrasive, I know he's done a few tools here and there, um, but he ended up finding a way to do this. In the back of the Sega Saturn, there is a card slot there where you can put a different type of card in there. It was mainly used for like the VCD card. So you could pop it in. It makes some games that use FMVs look nicer. And you could, of course, play VCDs on your system. Well, he pretty much looked at that and reversed it and was like, we could put data in there. Like, I could fully manipulate this. So he developed a solution where he takes a card, he has a firmware that's on it, he can take an SD card, pop ISOs on there, pop it into the back of the Saturn, and load ISOs from an SD card using that back port. Fascinating. Yeah, shit like that wasn't discussed. Like, it it just didn't, there just wasn't the the right people on the scene there. Sometimes you just need the right person, kind of like with the PS3, how everyone was saying you had to do a hardware downgrade for that and how the Super Slim wasn't possible to run anything. And then Team PS3 Exploit just disproves all of that. Yeah. They're like, here's how you can downgrade and mod your system using only a flash drive, and here's the Super Slim, and you can run some shit on it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So I did see uh, one over here that was directed at me. Um, and while you do that, let me see if I can... Someone asked me oh, if I was going to get the new iPhone XS Max, um, okay. which we were actually talking about before the show. Uh, so the new iPhones got announced today, and um, if you guys have seen my video or maybe my Twitter... I think it yet. I need to see oh, it. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a little ranty. It was definitely like my very first completely I unscripted thing. I still want to see it. Um. No, I mean by all means. I can't pick up Lily, guys. I'm sorry. But it was my one of my actual first unscripted video entirely. I had nothing planned. I knew I had ranted about this several times, and actually forgot a couple details. But I was like, whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm switching to the iPhone. I will be buying the iPhone 10s, so the smaller yes. one, which we had talked about. Yeah, we did. Um. Just I don't know. I actually have I have an iPhone 6 Plus right here, which is an older device. Um, but it works and it's good. Like, it works. You need. And I mean, just thinking about the iPhone XS Max is going to be the same size as this, basically. And thinking about using it one handedly and actually reaching all the way up to this corner, there's no way my hand could do it. So it's, an, I don't know. I'm not that interested in that much screen, actually. Um, I did use an iPhone 10 for about two weeks and I really liked it. I thought it was a great size, actually. So. And there was a third iPhone that was announced. I don't know if you had heard of it, the 10R. I think it, did I mention that? 
Uh, yes, you did so, the budget one. And that's yeah. right in the middle of the two screen sizes. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I don't know if anybody in the chat can back me up on this, but when he said that, I was like, to me, that's like the 10R, I'm not knocking it, just, it's with that name, it just uh, sounds like a budget iPhone that would be released exclusively in India. I could see it, yeah. Yeah. It's just a weird... I know, yeah, just with that naming scheme. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I'm not a fan of the 10S either. That's just really confusing. Two letters, and they're telling me to say it differently. Yeah. The S has a real little box around it like every other S. <laughs> yeah, I see. I would say the, the XS. Yeah, the excessive yeah. purchase. I, I guess that. Hey, you're the one who said that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I it mean, was kind of no funny. I mean, it's no SX, but... As soon as they announced it, they were like, the 10S Max. And I was like, did they just say 10S Match? yeah i don't know many people have asked me like my thoughts on the the apple events and i'm like i've never watched an apple event i don't have any thoughts on them they're decent i mean uh it was enjoyable one uh for the most part the new watch looked really good too uh the new watch actually kind of impressed me more as far as upgrades goes compared to the iphone yeah um oh man i'm just saying there's a lot of hate for ios in here everyone is just like no you need to keep android nice oh i will I love my Pixel 2 XL still, mm-hmm. but my daily driver uh, is going to be the iPhone. I right actually on. pick Pokemon Go a lot, and I have two phones with that all the time. That's actually why I have the iPhone and Do you 6. pay for service on both of them? Nope, I just hotspot. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. So uh, I actually will be having my Android phone, so I'll keep it around, and I can use it to load payloads or play around with it, which is actually going to be nice because now I'll be able to use custom firmwares and play around with them a little more without having to worry about my main phone. Yeah, because be you do... said that you stopped doing that on your main device. Yeah, and a lot of yeah. that is just because I didn't want to mess around with either factory resetting a lot because uh, I used to be a total crack flasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted more, something more stable, and uh, I just didn't want to risk it. I was just right. I don't have time for that. But, you know, I could try other things out. Maybe I could tweak my kernel. Maybe I could even start compiling some more stuff again. For sure. Um, so yeah, I think so, it's yeah. going to be fun. Even my favorite kernel developer, uh, even some of my other favorite Android developers, but my favorite kernel developer, Francisco Franco, yes. followed him for a long time. He's Franco just kernel. Like, yeah, and he's just yeah. like, no, yeah, I've always used an iPhone. Interesting. But it also frees him up to develop on Android without, you know, conflict. Yeah, I, I do want to say, I know there are several people who are just like, yeah, only dumb people or not technologically apt people or all oh, these dum-dums. They're the ones who use iOS. And I'm like... No, that's not true. I know, like, I actually have several, like, including you, I have several friends who are extremely smart with technology. They're brilliant with what they do, and they prefer iOS for certain reasons, and I, I respect that. I, I stopped doing a, the, the fanboy thing in high school. Yeah, so. and it's not, definitely not about fanboy on either side, and I've never even, I like, I was a big fan of Google, but I was never in, like, fanboy territory. Mm-hmm. I would never hate on people with iOS. If someone really wanted to switch to iOS, I'd be like, probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked Android for specific reasons, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I'm not utilizing those things as much anymore, like custom ROMs and, uh, right. and side-loading applications. And I, I use a custom ROM on my phone. I have a right. OnePlus 3T, and the custom ROM has been amazing. Yep. I love Lineage OS. And I even, I work at a software development company, and, uh hands down um, most of the developers almost all of them have iphones yeah the iphone to android weight there is massive mm-hmm. now not every shop is going to be like that but i mean <laughs> if you're talking about like technically adept people i work with some pretty freaking smart people uh and most of them have iphones yeah. it's funny now everyone's just kind of like welcoming they're just like it's great to have you on the dark side <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm one of those people too. It's like the phone is only as good as the user who's going to own it. So like my parents, for example, I tried to get them on Android. Granted, Android is much better now, but they thought Android was confusing. They didn't like it that much. They were having issues. They didn't really enjoy using their phones. So they went on to iOS and they understood it and they didn't have to ask me questions all the time. And for them, it's like, okay, do I give you the phone that is better that you can't use or the phone that if we compare them spec for spec, is probably not going to be as good, but you can actually use it and function with it and do some advanced stuff here and there, and you're not going to ask me. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why, I don't know, there's been kind of a misconception because I've, you know, been Android on my channel all this time, even though I rarely do Android content, but some people thought I hate iOS or I'm against it. I'm like, no, I'm looking at it right now. I have an iPhone across Hmm. the room as my secondary phone. I'm not crazy about it, really. Um, It's just just to have. But um, no, like I don't hate iOS. I don't hate Apple. It's just my preference is elsewhere. I've recommended iOS many times. Like I had one of my best friends. He was saying like, hey, dude, I'm thinking of going to uh, Windows and Android. And I'm thinking of doing all this stuff. And he explained to me what he was doing in his ecosystem. And I was like, dude, I know this is not what you want to hear, but you should get a new iPhone. You should get a better MacBook. Because you are so tied into that ecosystem, and especially the industry you're in. I don't want to out what he's doing, but I was like, the industry that you're in, um, not only is it going to be a bit of a status symbol, but it's also, I mean, you, you need this to function and to actually do the things that you mm-hmm. need to do. Yeah, and you're familiar with that. You don't have time to go back and relearn all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. We talked about this as well. Money is often brought up a lot with Android versus iOS stuff. And I totally think, I would say, you know, if you're looking for like a $300 device, Go get a budget Android phone that's newer as opposed to an older iPhone. Like, I mean, if you can sacrifice the ecosystem switch or whatever, like, there's no reason to go get some way, way crappier iPhone um, Mm -hmm. if you can get a newer budget Android phone. Those are typically going to be way better. Um, So it all depends on your needs. But as I explained kind of in my video, like, I'd gotten to a point where I was already spending enough money on Android devices, and I used the iPhone 10, and I was very impressed with it and very happy with it. Um, if I could slap a bug-free version of Android on there, I would say that's probably be better. Mm-hmm. You know, iOS, you know, there's some things that I like about it. There's some things that I don't. I think right now I prefer Android. But another reason why I've been switching is because I've, I don't know, I've encountered a few Android bugs or a few Pixel even specific bugs that have driven yeah. me nuts. Um, so, I don't know. It's all, it's you know, change is good too. Yeah. But Change is good. No, no uh, competition is healthy. Yeah, I'm a very cross-platform person. I live a lot of my life with cross-platform in mind because I've always been a Linux, or not always, but for a long time I've been a use, Linux user, and um, so I don't know. I just I don't I don't get into a lot of ecosystems that tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I even loaded up a ton of Google apps, pretty much all the Google apps on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, which also, by the way, I want to mention real quick. Do you use Inbox? No. <sighs> Rest in peace. Oh, is it dead? They're killing it. They announced today, and it's it's shutting down in March. Uh, so Google has too many different things. And by the way, I'm still sticking to my my Google Play Music. I love that shit. Until it, I mean, until they take until it they me. kick me off of it. Yeah, yeah. They said they're gonna have migration tools, so at least they'll put all your stuff on YouTube Music. Yeah. They did fix a couple things. So as far as I know, so one of my biggest things with YouTube Music was uh, if you added an album to your library, it was just a playlist on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I tried that. I, I demoed it in front of someone. I was like, look, and it didn't do it. And I tried a couple of albums. Oh. So I think maybe they fixed that. Maybe that was just Or like, maybe the album just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the, I'm sure they have some like hidden flag mm-hmm. or something like on the UI. Yeah. Like, I don't know. 
it was such a janky thing though when i saw that i was like this is the biggest hack ever like this is <laughs> like oh this is a bad decision but i guess it's gotten a little bit better mm-hmm. i don't know i wish you good luck i've been happy on i mean i think times are changing i'm happy on spotify i'm getting an iphone I need to try Spotify again. It, it, it's cool. Like I, I think I would be okay with like the web interface just having it there. But yeah, the, I mean the yeah. phone, the phone UI is still not what I prefer. But the music rep- recommendations were and still are significantly better. Mm-hmm. And I do like how they have the playlist set up. I didn't think I would like that as much, but I've actually gotten more into some of the playlist uh, stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny. I used to use the radio a lot on Google Play Music, and I don't use the radio like at all. Interesting, Hard and I just all. I just listen to my own stuff, so yeah. not like my own music, but like music that I, I want to listen to. I do like listening to a lot of new music. Mm-hmm. Spotify is pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's see. Is there any more comments? We've been going for almost about thirty minutes now. Gotcha. Yeah. No. One person they just said Amazon Music. I I, I haven't used it all that much. I, I do I like know. Amazon Music because it has uh, like the early Jay Z albums on there. I'm not a crazy fan of Jay-Z, but like his first album, I don't even remember the name of it, but I like that quite a bit. So I couldn't find it on Google and I didn't want to get title. And I was like, oh, it's on Amazon. I pay for Prime. So here we go. Crazy. Yeah, I haven't tried it either, but not going to lie. One of the things that's got me over to Spotify is because in the US, it's still the most popular thing. I see the most support for it. They actually have a good community thing and they have some like, you know, you can embed it into websites. Did you? And so I just, I felt like there was a network effect to it. And people, you know, like, I don't know. I felt slightly alienated mm because so many people have Spotify here. I mean, aside from YouTube, it's probably the biggest music platform, I I would say. Apple Music is gaining on it. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they took it over. In the U.S., Apple Music has a lot of market share uh, actually now. But worldwide, it's still, I think, pretty heavily held by Spotify. Mm -hmm. So, So. but, um, yeah, I'm just going with the masses now, man. Just... (laughs) tired of being a rebel no i understand <laughs> yeah to me it's not being rebellious it's my way of life yeah right yeah i was like that once <laughs> <laughs> Let's see anything else popping up well one thing and i have to say part of my ignorance on it because i really don't know all that much about it so i'm probably going to disappoint a few people but steam proton do you know anything about that we talked about that last time that was asked in the chat. That's that's the Steam thing where they have this new support for Linux mm-hmm. using and uh, Wine al- and Vulkan. And they allow like more games to run that aren't necessarily ported to Linux, Correct. but they just allow you can, more games to There's a to way run. to like turn off the like whitelisting and you can play like nearly any Windows game on mm-hmm. Linux and it doesn't always work. And there's I can't remember what it was. I meant to write it down. Um, I'd listened to Epos Vox talk about it with someone who is extremely knowledgeable on the subject. So that's about my limitation of what I really know. I can't remember what it was. It might be this, but there was a website that was mentioned too in a podcast I was listening to, where it, like you can we go like look. podcasts. Uh, here's one: uh, spcr.netlify.com, and you can enter in the Steam ID and look at the compatibility for Linux. Um, hmm. Yeah, Steam Play just, compatibility. I'm just looking at this list myself right now. Yep. Yeah, Valve's official whitelist for Steam Play has launched 27 titles. Oh, so Doki Doki Literature Club is on there. That's cool. So you can see, yeah, like, so there's a general rating. You can see, like, reports, and you can write notes on it, what I, what distribution think, of Linux you're using. I think one one of the criticisms I heard about it was the, the whitelist seems to be very odd. Like, you have Doom 2016. You have Nier Automata here. 
but then you have Ultimate Doom and Doom 2. Which one are you looking at? Oh, I'm the looking Steam. at the Steam Play compatibility mm-hmm. reports, just things like that. So apparently, like, I, I would like to see more gaming on Linux. I think that'd be awesome. I think this is a good way of definitely bridging that gap of saying, hey, Linux has no games. Like, actually, it does. There's things that are getting reported and games so, that are working well enough this on really here. This was really cool. We talked about this a little bit last uh, last month, but I think it was in the post-show as well in the Q&A. Um, but basically, there are big companies behind this. So Crossover, which makes software for both macOS and uh, Linux, they would mm-hmm. do like Crossover for... You know Microsoft Office, so they would be like these really, really well done things to running Microsoft Office on these platforms or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or other you know Windows specific software. So they worked with Valve like a couple of years ago. It's been like two or three years in the making, and they started working on this. And um, it's all open source. Uh, it works with Wine, which is a big project. It's been around for like twenty five years now. Uh, and that's already allows people to run stuff on Windows or on Linux from Windows. So I think there's a lot of cool uh, potential with this. Some people have said it's almost like, you know what Electron is? Uh, I don't. So like <laughs> there's a way of running, like writing web apps for like native operating systems. That's what Slack is written in. That's what like oh, Skype okay, okay. is written in now is all like Electron. Mm-hmm. And people uh, are like, Skype. and it's like one of those write once run everywhere thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's got some benefits, but there's some downsides. You lose a lot of performance. It's basically running in a Chrome browser under the okay. hood. Um, some people have been saying this is like the Electron for, for games. And that um, would be, I feel like that'd be accurate. That's one thing sure. I heard where it's like games, you're sure. not going to get tip top performance, but they'll play pretty well. Yeah, but I think it's good. Um, One thing that I hope doesn't happen, I hope this doesn't necessarily discourage companies from doing Linux copies of games if they were already kind of thinking about it right well that's that well that's one thing i heard about it as well too not not so much that that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it but it was more kind of on the flip side this should encourage more companies because now if companies start rolling their eyes they're like oh great we got to start worrying about porting to linux it's like actually no don't really need to worry about that all too much like we'll take care of it yeah but it's not yeah i just I think ultimately it would be better if they did mm-hmm. write a native Linux client. Right. But also it's just like, look, so few people are doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, there is like a thing on here on the uh, Steam community's uh, website of our page about Steam Play. It says like, what is Proton exact- exactly? And this is a tool distribution. Uh, Proton is a tool distribution based on a modified version of Wine included improvements to wine have been designed and funded by valve in a joint development effort with code weavers who do the crossover software i mentioned here are some of the examples of what we've been working on together since 2016 uh, vk d3d a direct 3d tw- direct 3d12 implementation based on vulcan um, open vr and steamworks native api bridges many th- uh, wine 3d performance and functionality fixes for direct 3d9 and direct 3d11 Overhauled full screen and gamepad support, the eSync patch set for multi-threaded performance improvements, and probably some other little things. Um, I've also been supporting the development of D- DXVK, the Direct 3D 11 implementation based on Vulkan. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of this is just funding a lot of the already existing development, um, which is really cool because mm-hmm. Valve has a lot of money and a lot yeah. of this stuff is open source. Yeah. Uh, they got a lot of money. Which is also good because it should get 
pushed upstream if it hasn't already. Absolutely. You know, the patches and improvements they're making to wine should get like into mainline wine. So it does. I like how. So someone made. I was, I was listening to a podcast. And they're like, why are they focusing so much on Linux? They kind of made Steam OS. They started doing Steam machines. They kind of pulled back. And it's like this. I think actually their goal here is to be able to play this on anything. Play Steam games on anything. There's actually some code that referenced possibly being able to do this for Mac OS in the future. That'd be cool. And I think one of the developers came out and they were just like, look, this is just like because we're it's convenient and we're we have no direction of actually doing this right now. We're not funded to do this for mac os but if it did it's like look play our steam games anywhere doesn't yeah. matter what you have you know what i mean like that could be kind of the direction they're going in and this is a first big step for it mm-hmm. so so i think it's neat yeah personally i think it's cool it's just it's, it's getting games out onto more platforms where they should be and mm-hmm. it's giving linux users and hopefully mac users more of a library to choose from i can't hate on Why that you point at me Mac user. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, just to verify with people, Mac I have user. been. I am going to redo my Hackintosh setup. Okay. I figure when I get the new iPhone, I should should give it the full all-in mm-hmm. exposure. No, I feel I still, that. I'm still keep, running Keep it all within the ecosystem. I was running my Hackintosh setup, but it had a couple bugs, and I found um, a different way of doing that. So give it a try. Right on. Is there oh. anything going on here, or should we start winding Let's wrap now? it up. I'm tired, dude. Yeah. This podcast went by quick, but it I've, did. I've been busy. It did, yes. Yeah, I think it's been a good show so far. So, everyone, thank you so much for coming out. We absolutely appreciate it. This has been a fun time live. Again, if you're not able to check this out live, we still appreciate your listening and your viewership and all that fun stuff. If you want to check this out live when you can, we normally air sometime on Wednesday in the middle of a month at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So Absolutely. we try our best to make this entertaining, not only for the users here that are in the live show, but also for playing back later on. So hopefully we've accomplished that. It's kind of a, I've talked with Devin about this before, it's a little bit of a hard balance to get as well, too. Because yeah. you can answer some user stuff, but there's a lot of conversations that happens. Well, and, and it's even like, this podcast, I try to pay attention a little bit more to the chat than I have been. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed that I've been so focused on conversation in the last couple podcasts, I forget about the chat right. while things are going on. Right. But it's important to still pay attention to the chat, but also not bring up every little thing. Because mm-hmm. then I've, I've listened to podcasts like that that are live, and they keep bringing up things that are in the chat. And I'm just like, dude, this was funny when it was live, but this sucks to hear when it's yeah. pre-recorded and I'm listening to it three days later. And we have, a, we have an agenda, too. And our agenda usually takes... <laughs> a while. Yeah, a while. A while. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah. And you know what also annoys me? Podcasts that lean heavily on watching videos. What do you mean? Like, it will be like their reactions to videos and That's stuff. Weird. So it could be like a two-hour podcast and like 30 or 40 minutes of them is like interspersed of them watching videos. And I li- and guys, I listen what? to podcasts. Yeah. I don't watch them. I listen the to same. podcasts. So if it's a two-hour episode and 40 or 45 minutes of it is videos, I'm just sitting there steaming and I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm yeah. pissed, all right? I can't say any of the podcasts I listen to have done anything like that. I would not be happy. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'll be on a podcast where they will just like like a very very short clip will come up. You know what I mean? And then they'll have to be like, "Oh, for the people at home, we have to describe this." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, okay." Painkiller already is guilty of that. H3 podcast isn't as bad, but sometimes they're kind of bad about that. Mm-hmm. So I've wanted to. I've never listened to that or watched it, but mm-hmm. I want. I to. enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I but know again, you're a fan. I, I listen to it, but there is also a even the, the clips I've seen. There is honestly a dynamic that you miss of. Uh, yeah. 
of lit, uh, of not watching it. I believe it. Just like you know, like face facial reactions and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All yeah. right. Anyways, now we went on another side tangent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Devin, where can people find you online and the uh, the podcast as well too? Where can people check that out? Yeah, so mainly you can find me on Twitter, Paranoid Coder. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, Paranoid Coder. Um, you can find our podcast on your channel as well as pretty much any podcast medium you can think of. Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, Play Music Podcasts. Um, yeah. Are you on Spotify? Uh, no, I think I need to actually apply to Spotify. Yeah. I think Spotify, pro- I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they just do the bigger podcasts. I'm because not sure. I've never done I it. think they probably do bigger podcasts because, you know, they monetize the content that's on there. But so. you do, you are on Pocket Casts, which I is am. my preferred podcasting yes. solution. Yes. So, whatever, keep Spotify for music. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what about you, Mr. Mario? Well, you can find me, of course, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff, Mr. Mario 2011. Uh, of course, this podcast, you can find the video version of it on here, like we talked about on my main YouTube channel. If you have made it to the end, uh, let us know by using, I don't know, uh, what, what's a keyword that we can use? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, let, let me know of what you think of. What is the, the, the XS what, what what are your thoughts on the XS? The tennis match. Or you use SX somewhere, <laughs> and we would know in the comments that you made it to the end. Tell us the iPhone tennis match. That's something that I keep meaning to do. Like, I do it on Mario's Minute, my other podcast that I have on all favorite podcast platforms. But uh, that's that's you get what people I do who comment there. every time who are like... If I do it, yeah. Like, sometimes they'll just say, like, the, the keyword that I use, they'll just type it in the comment. And I'm like, you made it to the end. Appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. Without being too blunt about it. Exactly. Yep. I got to the end. I got to the end. <laughs> cool. Oh, man. Well, sounds good, man. I think it does sound good. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. And until next month. See ya. <laughs>